Can you unravel the world's greatest mysteries? Can you explain the unexplained and find the pieces to the most puzzling cases? Or would you like to know where you can get your own Will-O-Wisp spirit to get some ghostly atmospheric lighting for your home? Tiernan, Will-O-Wisps do not exist. Oh, don't they? Are you a mythbuster Or a myth-truster? I'm Tiernan. And I'm Athena. Welcome to Bust or Trust. A kids' mystery podcast. And, and we, we are, are the Busters or Trusters. We look into some very strange stories from around the world. No mystery is too big for us. Monsters, ghosts and all types of the unexplained. Like how sloths can hold their breath for longer than dolphins can. Hang on, maybe that's why sloths are so slow. They're just swimming everywhere. Yes, and it's a lot harder to do that without water. Good point. We dive into all the evidence we can find and present all the facts, figures and testimonies. Then it's up to you, our chief detectives. You'll work out what it all means and make up your own mind. Is our case a botanical fright or all bark and no bite? Hmm. Are you a mythbuster like me? Because things aren't always what they seem. Or are you a myth-truster like me? Because we must be open to all possibilities and new ideas. OK, what about the idea of you giving in and joining Team Buster then? Yeah, not that one though. There's an exception to every rule, Athena. We'll tell you at the end of the show just how to get in touch and you can let us know if you're on Team Buster or the best one, Team Truster. We'll also hear from you, our chief detectives, and your thoughts on the previous cases. So stay tuned. But until then, make sure you take notes, pay attention to all the information and start putting together your case. Before that, here's a quick message for the grown-ups. Well, hello there, grown-ups. Did you know that we depend on your generosity and support to keep making Bust or Trust? If you subscribe and support Bust or Trust on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, you'll get access to lots of lovely extras like weekly subscriber bonus episodes with extra evidence, ad-free listening and early access to all our episodes. More to come soon. To support Bust or Trust, just click subscribe in Apple Podcasts or visit patreon.com forward slash Bust or Trust podcast. Or for more information, visit our website at bustortrust.com. The Case. Psst, Athena, come here. No, I'm busy. I'm preparing this week's case fact. Shh, or it might hear you. What might? That tree outside. It's clearly looking this way. I'm worried if it hears us, we'll be eaten. That's an oak tree. I've no idea how it would eat us or even look this way. Well, maybe it's trying to branch out into other things. No, trees don't eat people. OK, maybe not that tree, but what about the people-eating tree of Madagascar? Our case this week is on the strange shrub that gobbles up human beings whole. Except I don't think it does. But that, of course, is up to our chief detectives to decide. Shall I give them some people-eating tree of Madagascar facts? Would you please? Oh, I'm really pining for fewer tree puns right now. OK, so Madagascar is an island off the southeastern coast of Africa. It's the fourth largest island in the world, and while many listeners might know it because of the animated films of the same name, what it's really known for right now is being a biodiversity hotspot. It's a place with a wide variety of plants, animals and insects. 
Unfortunately, human activities are putting them in danger by changing the land. Over 90% of the species that live in Madagascar only live in Madagascar and nowhere else in the entire world. In the 19th century, a story emerged in the press that an explorer had discovered local people feeding the tree with, yes, other people. The story was revealed to be a hoax years later, but it caused a lot of panic all over the world and led to a number of other tales about carnivorous trees. Carnivorous means something that eats meat. The story later influenced a number of films and books, including the famous musical Little Shop of Horrors, all about a plant called Audrey II that ate customers in a florist's shop. But, as I said, the story of the people-eating Madagascar tree has already been called out as a hoax, so I'm not really sure why you don't just hand this one over to Team Buster already. Because the story was just the root of the case, but it's blossomed into a whole forest of evidence that our chief detectives will need to examine so they can twig if the people-eating tree really exists. Yes, they'll have to deciduous. I'm sorry, sorry, I mean decide. On to trees, sorry, piece of evidence number one. First piece of evidence. The first piece of evidence is the original story of the Madagascan tree. Yes, even though I know it was called out as a hoax, it's important to see where this all started. You've already done my reply for me. Shall I go and take a break or get a cup of tea or something? No, no, hold up a second. The story was written by a journalist called Edmund Spencer in the New York World newspaper in 1874. In the article, Spencer said that he'd received a letter from a German explorer called Karl Lech. The explorer had stated that he met a tribe on Madagascar called the Makodo, and they would feed people to a tree that was eight foot tall and shaped like a large pineapple with eight giant leaves. The piece says that they would put people by the tree and then, this is a bit gross, sorry, chief detectives, whereupon tentacles reach out, crush the burden and consume all but the bones. He also said he saw several smaller trees of the same species and witnessed one of them eating a lemur. Lemurs are known for their large round eyes, furry bodies and long tails. People took the story very seriously and it even made several explorers make expeditions to Madagascar to find the tree. Even if the article was a hoax, the ideas must have come from somewhere to have that much detail and that much impact. No, the article had impact because smaller newspapers couldn't afford to fact check and so would we print the articles without even thinking to see if they were real or not. The piece on the Madagascan tree was one of the first examples of what's known as sensationalism. We now use the term fake news, where a story was made up just to shock and concern people. This story in particular was a very dangerous story because the tribe that the author made up played to stereotypes of people from that part of the world. A stereotype is when people may have wrong ideas about others just because of the way they look or where they come from. It made them seem scary, as though they might do something as horrible as feed people to a tree, which of course no one from Madagascar has ever done. The story was also dangerous because it made people afraid of something that is so very important in nature, trees. By causing fear about everyday things, it can make people scared and change the way they act. So no, the reason the piece had a big impact was nothing to do with whether there is a Madagascan people-eating tree or not. It was about spreading a harmful stereotype and causing fear. And, just to add, none of the explorers who travelled to find one found anything similar at all. OK, you've made a very important point about why that story was dangerous, and I agree, we should all know it was a hoax. 
but I can't help but feel the next piece of evidence might make you think the possibility of a tree that eats people isn't that weird. Second piece of evidence. Piece of evidence number two is that there are more than 750 types of carnivorous plants on the earth that have been discovered so far. The biggest is the Attenborough's pitcher plant, named after Sir David Attenborough, the famous naturalist, which means someone who studies the natural world. The Attenborough's pitcher plant is nearly five foot tall and it eats, yes, eats, insects, frogs and rodents by trapping anything that climbs inside it and very slowly digesting it. It really likes to eat shrews and it also feeds on bat poop, which is particularly disgusting. I should say it's named after David Attenborough because he finds the plant really fascinating. The other very famous carnivorous plant is the Venus flytrap. A Venus flytrap looks like a small green plant with leaves that have special parts that look like jaws or mouths. These jaws have tiny little teeth along the edges and when an insect, like a fly, lands on the leaves and touches these teeth, the jaws snap shut really quickly, trapping the insect inside. It's the plant's way of catching and eating bugs for its food. The closed leaves eventually digest the insect and then they open up again, ready for the next meal. Mmm, yum, flies. Fossils of carnivorous plants from 40 million years ago have been discovered too, and it looks like they may have been at least a bit larger than the carnivorous plants we have on Earth today. So maybe the people-eating tree existed in dinosaur times. Except then they wouldn't have eaten people, would they? As we weren't around then. Studies show that even those fossilised plant samples weren't very different to the Venus flytraps today and would only likely have eaten insects or small rodents too. The way carnivorous plants work is that they are often still and wait for prey to get trapped in them so the plants can slowly digest them. They would have to be really, really big to catch a human. Barry Rice, who studies carnivorous plants at the University of California, says that if a plant did eat humans, it would have to stay very still most of the time to conserve all the energy it would need to digest us. It would have to look like a giant pit that we could fall into. And then it would take so long to digest a human, the plant could die as a result. So again, it seems pretty clear that a people-eating tree does not exist. While I don't think any of our chief detectives should be scared to go for a woodland stroll, there is one last bit of evidence worth looking at. Third piece of evidence. The last piece of evidence is that, as you mentioned in your facts, Athena, Madagascar has really unusual wildlife that can't be found anywhere else on Earth. These include a white-furred lemur, which is one of the rarest species on the planet. Then there is the plowshare tortoise, which you can only find in one tiny part of the island, with only a thousand of them left as they're now very endangered. Or the Madagascar fish eagle, which sadly only has 300 of them left. Due to humans building on their land and clearing forests, these animals have no other place on the planet to call home. Unfortunately, this destruction of their environment is pushing them towards extinction. Extinction is when one of these kinds of animals or plants is no longer around because something happened that made it really hard for them to live. This is very sad and there are many conservation projects going on to try and stop this from happening. But even as the wildlife in Madagascar is declining, scientists still found over 650 new species there just between 1999 and 2010. This included 41 mammals and 61 reptiles. So what I'm saying is that somewhere in there could be a people-eating tree and no one's found it yet. 
And they won't if the wildlife on Madagascar isn't saved. You make a very good point, Tiernan. It's really worrying just how many species in Madagascar are endangered and we should all be more interested in understanding wildlife and doing all we can to protect it. But I'm not entirely sure the best way to persuade anyone to be more environmentally friendly is by saying it could mean that they get eaten by a tree. And I still think that if there was a huge pineapple-looking tree that gobbled up anyone nearby, that scientists may have noticed that by now. I still feel like this whole story must have come from somewhere. Unless, of course, it's all just been a bit of confusion about language. Roll up, roll up and gather round, for inside this tent you will witness a sight never before seen by humankind. Witness the terror, revel in the horror that is... The man-eating tree. Will you believe what your eyes can see? Will you recover from such a sight? Oh, sounds exciting. How much, please? Just one shiny pound, please. Bargain! Now enter and don't step too close to the cage for your own safety. Oh, this tree is delicious. Are you eating a tree? Um, yes, I'm on a plant-based diet. I thought I was about to see a man-eating tree. Well, yes, you are. Uh, Want to try some? The bark is quite chewy at first, but then mm, it's really nice. Oh, I've been conned. Oi, you conned me. I thought I was going to be terrified. Did you not see how he eats with his mouth open? Ugh, it makes me feel sick. I want my money back. What about if I let you witness the marvels in this tent here? Inside, you won't be able to understand the sheer oddity of... The woman-eating rock. Okay, I guess I have a look. Enter at your peril. Um, um. Oh, oh, this really hurts my teeth. Oh, what? Oh, this is rubbish. Give me my money back now. What about if I let you see the baby-eating dragon? What sort of dragon is it? Uh, sorry, what did you say? A, a dragon fruit. Oh, I want my pound back. Here you go. That was ridiculous. I'm going to spend this on a snack. Oh, that cafe looks nice. Uh, beware. Keep away. Inside is a human eating sandwich. Ah. Yeah, right. I've heard that before. Yum, yum. Another human. Come here so I can gnash you with my big wholemeal bread mouth and cheese teeth. Gobble, gobble. I don't even understand how that works. Ah! I can't believe how often I've been a man-eating sandwich and never charged people to witness it. I've witnessed it, and frankly, I wouldn't pay a pound for that. I've never seen anyone make so much mess when eating. It's called enjoying your food, Athena. I'm sure our chief detectives have enjoyed tucking into this case too. And now it's time for them to decide, did the people eating tree in Madagascar exist, or was everyone barking up the wrong tree? Time for the evidence recap. Evidence recap. The first piece of evidence is the original article about the people-eating tree of Madagascar, which caused great panic and influenced explorations to find the tree. But the article was revealed as a hoax, and a dangerous one too, as it gave cruel stereotypes of Madagascan people and made people afraid of nature. The second piece of evidence is that there are over 750 species of carnivorous plants on Earth. These include one that eats insects, rodents and frogs. 
and evidence has been found of carnivorous plants in prehistoric times. But a plant would have to be very big to eat a human, more like a pit. And even though it's very unlikely plants in prehistoric times could have been big enough to eat people, they still wouldn't have, as humans didn't exist then. The final piece of evidence is the Madagascan wildlife. Over 615 new species were found between 1999 to 2010. So even though much of it is in danger, there could still be new species to discover. It is amazing, but I think scientists would have noticed a big people-eating tree pretty quickly if it had existed. So now we're handing it over to you, Chief Detectives. What do you think? Are you a people-eating tree of Madagascar mythbuster? Or a people-eating tree of Madagascar myth-truster? We want to hear from you, and most importantly, which side you're on. I'm pretty sure our chief detectives are firmly planted on Team Truster with this one. They're rooted to Team Buster. Send us your voice notes with an explanation of why you're a myth truster or myth buster when it comes to whether the people-eating tree of Madagascar existed or not. All you have to do is ask your grown-ups to help you email us your voice notes or thoughts to hello at bustortrust.com. Tell us your name age, what you think all the evidence means. And please, please make sure your grown-ups give us permission to use your voice notes or emails in our next episode. You can also send us a question on Spotify Q&A, but please get permission from your parents and don't include any personal details so we can publish them safely. We won't always be able to use all of them. But we do love to hear them. And here are some thoughts from you lot, our chief detectives, on our last few episodes. Oh, we got a fantastic email from Hugo. Uh, And Hugo says, Hi, I'm Hugo and I'm six years old. I am on Team Truster for the Life on Mars episode. My brother Thomas is eight years old. He loves playing the guitar and I love playing the piano. The reason why I'm on Team Myth Truster is because there is ice on Mars and I believe that there is life. There is a face of Mars on a rock mound that could have been built by a Martian civilization, or Martians could be living underground. I love your show. Bye, Hugo. Ah, Hugo, welcome to Team Truster. And not only have you been listening to the evidence, I think it sounds amazing that your brother plays the guitar, you play the piano. I think together we should form the Trusters and we could sing a brilliant song called Ice on Mars. I think there's definitely something there. I think we've got the best listeners. Oh, absolutely we do. And if you enjoyed the show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Amazon Music or wherever you listen to your podcasts for more great episodes. We love to hear what you think, so please do rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps more detectives to find, bust or trust. We'll even read out some of the reviews on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time for more Bust or Trust. Ah, the tree is looking at me, Athena. It is. Look, there's its eyes. It's not an eye. It's a knot in the wood. It's where a branch must have fallen off. No, not there. Up there, little peering eyes. Oh, yeah, that's just a squirrel. Ah, people eating squirrel, run away! Run away!